the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast, brought to you by Dave DeBacco's Homemade Wonton Soup. He may not be Asian, but he loves the food so much, he might as well be. On today's episode, the playoff matchups are set, and of course, it is the freaking Boston Celtics. We expected it, so we'll see how the guys feel going into the playoff matchup. But hey, some good news. The Sixers will officially be receiving the OKC first-round pick. And we also have another blockbuster of Vlade's fake trades. We also have a mailbag question about food. So let's have some fun. Hit those trumpets. Welcome to another episode of the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. This is the playoff preview episode. Uh, I am your host, Alex Wynn, a.k.a. Nuge. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Pods or Podbean, uh, and hopefully soon, Spotify. Uh, Be kind and leave us a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, And if you want, even leave us a review. Maybe we'll read it. I got got two reviews I want to read. First one by Sarav B, 610. The Sixers may disappoint, but Nugent, these guys don't. <laughs> Love hearing the passion and sharing the disappointment. Keep up the good work. All right. Thank you, Sarav. Let's go. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and I got another one. Got another one from Slim Reaper 2.0. <laughs> really like that June guy. Every time he comes on, I find myself yelling, June. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking wow. of speaking of June, I'm joined by the guys again, uh, including the fan favorite June one. Oh boys, I think uh, this week's gonna be a long one and a stressful one. We'll and then we also are joined by, of course, uh, Chinese Iron Chef David Debaco. That Slim Reaper review. Really, like every I, all I want to do is say June every time. Every time <laughs> I hear from you now, that's like that's it. It's my perception has changed. And last but not least, we got a uh, Philadelphia Flyer super fan, Mudbones. <laughs> I'm a uh, fresh off a weekend off the grid in Bumblefuck Mallon's PA, so uh, I don't know which direction my mood's going to go, and we'll see who swings me more. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be spontaneous. We'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a while since we've been on. Um, a lot has happened. Uh, it was kind of depressing towards mid last week, so we kind of just fell off the grid. Uh, but we'll just do a quick recap. Um, so we found out that Ben had a loose body, surgically removed from his knee. Embiid uh, rolled his ankle in the Blazers game, and uh even had people questioning if it was really an injury. Uh, and then he also had his hand slapped like five times, his bad hand, mm. and uh, was noticeably wincing and grabbing at it, but was still played in the last game, last meaningless game versus Houston. And uh, here's what we're going to start off with of uh, the playoff matchups are set. And of course, it's the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, like we, we all talked about last week that I think – all of us said that we'd rather play the Celtics. Yep. But now that it's set in stone, uh, I'm starting to – my anxiety is building up. So what do you guys think about this matchup? 
Not good. <laughs> Not good on paper. I mean, I was just looking, catching up on the Twitter world on my way back from this mountain spot, and I see we have unlimited bulletin board material. So, what, 17 people were polled on ESPN about who's going to win the series, and no one even gave us a game seven. Like, I mean, I don't blame any of their predictions, but hey, if there's one thing that's going to give you something to maybe light a fire under your ass, we have something. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of going into this with the mentality that, like, Boston had in 2018. Like, I did not want to play Boston because I thought it was, like, a lose-lose. Like, we either – we beat them and they didn't have Kyrie, and they go, oh, you know, we didn't have Kyrie – or we lost, and it was embarrassing that we lost to the Celtics without Kyrie Irving and, you know, Terry Rozier and Marcus Morris were f- fucking lighting us up. Uh, so I'm not feeling great either. We're, uh, we're going to get to our predictions, but, uh, but June, what, do you, what are your first impressions of this matchup? We're kind of screwed. Uh, we can't guard anyone on their team. They're loaded with athletic wings that can – do the average basketball things like dribble, shoot, make layups, make smart basketball plays. And we don't have enough bodies that can, you know, guard those guys. It's, it's kind of scary. <laughs> but I think, I guess, conversely, you can say, who's going to guard Embiid? I mean, they have, what, Tice and Cantor? Cantor. I mean, knowing our luck, Tice and <laughs> Can't they're gonna become the ultimate and beat stoppers just like uh just like Aaron Baines. Yeah, Tice oh. is gonna average like two threes a game against us, man. Oh, he oh, shoots shoot. them. I've watched. <laughs> does he really? Yeah, he's not scared. Oh my god. Yeah, he does shoot them. I mean, he's not great at it. He's probably like lower thirties, but he he's a threat at it. So it's like uh twenty seventeen all over again. <laughs> Dave, what uh what are your, your first impressions? Um I'll tell you why we're going to win the series. <laughs> All right, get right into it. Love it. I'll tell you why we're going to win the series. First and foremost, the master plan comes full circle. Elton Brand chose to max out Al Horford, the double agent himself. What did TJ McConnell do when we played the Pacers the first game of the year? He torched us because he knows everything. He knows everything from the inside out. He knows the offense he likes to run. He knows the spots people like to be in. Al Horford should be calling shit out. He should be the MVP of this series. And not even because of numbers. I'll get to the numbers. Who should be putting up numbers in this series? But Al Horford can prove his worth now. This is it. This is D-Day for Elton Brand's master plan. We got the Celtics in the first round. Storybook. Al Horford, the double agent. Let's see if it's an asset or not. Now, as far as who should actually dominate on the floor, Joel Embiid should against Daniel Tice and Ennis Cantor. I mean, come on. This is like, again, this is like put up or shut up. Embiid needs to dominate. Done. Tobias Harris needs to average 30 points a game. $37 million a year, max player, the missing piece. One of them goes down in Simmons. Step up. Step up. You're older than Jason Tatum. You're older than Jalen Brown. Gordon Hayward, you know, is, is not a lockdown defender. Tobias Harris needs to carry us. No fucking 
19 points on 40% shooting and, and you know, none of that. No, unacceptable. This is it. This is the playoffs. And um, with the size advantage, Tobias, Horford, and Embiid, all of them should they, – they can't guard us. We're too big. We, we should be exploiting mismatches all day the way Brad Stevens exploited our mismatches with Bellinelli and Redick and, you know, everyone else they couldn't defend. And uh, we'll see what Brad – this is it. This is it. You know, it's either going to crash and burn or we'll live to see another day. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think uh, – I like to believe – the eternal optimist in me likes to believe that, you know, the size advantage – and the mismatches we can exploit, we should dominate them. And they, sh- they should – Daniel Tice should fell out of the game by halftime every game. And Embiid should average 40 and 20. And if not, he's a fucking loser and we have big problems. <laughs> what is, <laughs> That's it. This is it. What are the projected, like, starting lineup defensive assignments, would you – like, Embiid on Cantor, that's, that's a given. What, what's the rest? You know, I don't even think Cantor uh, starts, right? Tice starts. Tice, does he? Yeah. Really? So I guess that's obvious. It's yeah. Center yeah, versus center. Um, Tice starts. So you got to, you got to dump it down to Embiid early. Mm-hmm. It, right. Daniel Tice needs to have his first foul in the first minute of the game. Mm-hmm. Like we need to play chess here. Like mm-hmm. you got to, and, and I think they'll do that. I think they'll go for that. Uh, one other thing also, another X factor I forgot to say before, you know, who's looked good the last few games back from the dead, Mike Scott, mm-hmm. very important. If we get, Ain't no bitch, Mike Scott. That's that's gonna shoot six threes a game and make you know three of them. Like uh, that's that's very important. He's very important. Down. Where do his yeah. minutes come from? Who's he playing for? In the Simmons? Well, at Boyd. This I is this so. this is why I'm officially out on Brett. Yeah, he had a he had a chance to do something smart and correct and make Tobias the full time power forward and Al the full time backup center. And I, I am so angry that he put Al Horford in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm so angry that he kept Tobias Harris as a small forward. He's a four. He is a fucking four. Well, you know, like, <laughs> it's all good, buddy. That's we like. To, I like to curse. It, it, it helps me vet. But um, yeah, that's actually an interesting point because you would think with this, and this goes to Joe's question about the defensive assignments. Um, there's no way Horford can start, right? Because you're looking at Boston. They have uh, – it's Kemba, Marcus Smart, Tatum. No, no. Kemba, um, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Brown uh, Hayward. Hayward. So, how Horford is going to be like, – he be on a wing? He can't mm. be starting, right? Yeah. Well, you got to start Bible. The tweets are already mm. coming out that uh, I guess I think Keith Pompey tweeted like Brett did not deny or said we're considering starting Matisse, which is like further pisses me off about Brett because how are we just going to start experimenting with, with this game one of the playoffs? Like wasn't it almost ensured that we were playing Boston for at least like the last two games or very, very likely? And would we have started him, uh, Al Horford against – Miami, I, I don't know the answer to that. But, like, we just wing shit when it's too late. When it was already – it was obvious in hindsight, and I guess everything is, but Brett just – I don't get it. It's like he it's almost like he Twitter to prove him wrong. Or it's like he doesn't want to – he doesn't want to show his cards too early, but by the time he finally plays them, it's too late. Yeah. Like, it's – he Thibel needs to start at the three – Shake, J. Rich, Thibel, Harris, Embiid. Mm-hmm. 
It has to be that. Thibel <clears throat> makes up for the Simmons defense somewhat, a fraction of it. And, uh, you know, we'll throw him at Tatum probably. Mm-hmm. And um, Harris on Hayward, uh, Jay Rich on Jalen Brown, Shake on Kemba, and Bead on Tice. I mean that, and then Horford off the bench at the five at the backup center. Mike Scott backup power forward, Furkan backup small forward, Alec Burks backup shooting guard, Neto backup point guard. It's not fucking rocket science. These are the positions these guys play, and it fits, and it makes sense. And you can go big anytime. You can put you can put Al at the four for you know a handful of minutes a game, but like. It's like I, I don't know. I feel like it's not it's not rocket science <laughs> to realize what makes sense here, and and Brett it can't figure it out, or he just again doesn't want to show his cards yet until it's too late, which he always does. I don't know, but like this is it, this is it. It's D Day. Yeah. Like, is there any possible mandate from front office like Brett? You should start Al Horford, or you make Alton look bad. I think I think our front because, office is full of idiots too. Yeah, if think, that's the case, if that's the case, it's a big fucking problem. <laughs> I think it like, seems like a given that Al Horford, it, like priority number one on our offseason list is to like. Unfortunately, Vlade's no longer around, but to get him off our team. So why are we still like forcing these things to make our GM look good? And I'm obviously speculating and making that up because there's. I doubt that's the case, but like, we're this is it. We're in the playoffs now. Quit fucking around. Al Horford should be gone next year. We're going to talk about the OKC pick, which might have to go to get him get him out of here. But start our best lineup at the position these people were built to play, and see what the fuck happens. And it's yeah. looked cleaner. It's looked cleaner, right? I didn't see the Houston game, but I mean. They won by 40, so it must have been clicking. And they were with Toronto the whole game. That was a good game. You know, they were right there in it the whole time. It's it's more open without Simmons, unfortunately. Yeah, you know what? I I do want to bring that up because I think, actually, Al Horford's been pretty good in the bubble. Um, it just – it looks – and I think it might have to do with Simmons not being out there. I just think – listen, Al Horford didn't forget to play basketball. I mean, maybe because we're Philadelphia and we're fucking cursed. Who knows? <laughs> Um, but like he, Dave mentioned it on a previous pod, he was like 13, number 13 on the top hundred players ranked last year by like ESPN or whatever. Um, but he didn't just forget how to play basketball. He's and like, there's no way he lost that much of a step in just one off season. So I do think he might've been a little hobbled during the season, but I also think you just can't have Simmons, Horford and Embiid, all three of them at one time. He has looked better. It looks uh, maybe it is because of the spacing, but he's hitting his threes. Um, looks he got he, he's got more like of a pep in his step. Um, so like I I have no complaints about Horford in the bubble, and even with him and Embiid without Simmons, they look pretty good. But um, I mean, I just it's just I want to and I wanted to get into like the advantages and the disadvantages in the series, but it this kind of leads to my next point where like Boston knows who they are. They're set. They got a great coach. They know their roles. And then you look at the Sixers and we're just talking about it. They're scrambling to see who's going to be in the starting lineup. They haven't been, they haven't had an identity all year. Um, And I just, some people want to be optimistic, but I'm hard getting there. it's, It's hard for me to get there because it just, I can't see all our problems just being solved out of nowhere in the playoffs. 
I don't follow like any other team, but as you just said, Nuge, we're scrambling and it's the playoff time. What our team is supposed to look like. I would guess that 95% of the other teams like had the general idea and just had been running with it. And it meshes more, the more reps that you get in and we're going into game one, just tweaking it again. Like what the fuck were, was our coaching staff and everyone else doing for the last four months off? Like, look at some videos and figure out what works best. It can't be that hard. But yeah, hey, what did what did uh what did Jimmy say in the like the first podcast? It might have been JJ's podcast a yeah. few months ago when he went on and like finally talked about his time here for the first time. And uh, what did he say? Like, like his first week here, they were watching film and like no one was no one was saying anything. Yeah, and he like he like looked at TJ like what the fuck is going on why is no one saying anything like brett was just sitting there like clicking through like rewinding and fast forwarding and like no one was saying anything about any of the breakdowns or anything like that like maybe not maybe that's why they look like chickens with their head cut off most of the time because they don't have maybe brett doesn't know what he's doing yeah he's maybe just, he doesn't know what he's doing he's just wheeling a tape in like uh the elementary school teachers that used to wheel in a tv <laughs> And everyone would just fucking be so pumped because it would just be a day off. And that's right. our, that's our, that's what they, that's what they were just for them. <laughs> but it seems I, I, like sometimes he also just mentioned assignments. Like I, I swear <clears throat> I, I'm imagining Kemba's just going to blow past the defender and then there should be help defense somewhere. And then our big men look at each other or Josh Richardson looks at someone like that was supposed to be your guy or that was supposed to be your guy. Like that happens in a course. A lot of looking game. around. But I feel like it happens to us so much. And again, it might be a byproduct of I only watch us, so obviously that's my bias factors into that. But I just feel like at this level of basketball, it shouldn't be like every third play someone is looking at the other person thinking it's their fault. Yeah, there's uh there's definitely a disconnect there. Like they don't know all the way what's going on, what their defensive assignments are and they're slow to rotate and you know slow to react, but it's it's been like that all year for a for a defense that we thought was going to be like legendary good. Um, that's got to be the biggest disappointment because like we knew the offensive the offensive fit was going to be weird, and like our our one saving grace was going to be our defense, and it just it hasn't been there. Crazy. But um, I mean, we we talk about how MB should have a, a field day against Cantor and, um, and Tice. But then I'm looking at the opposite end and I'm seeing them throwing all these wings at us. And like, I just know, like you could, like, I think Josh should be fine. Um, a Thibault is going to be fine, but then, you know, it's who Tobias Man guards, who's shake guards. It's who Corkmaz has to guard. And, uh, you know, and that reminds me, I do want to talk Neto? about. Oh, God. Rotation. Neto. Oh, my yeah. God. They're um, going to torch Neto. Neto's going to be unplayable. Brad Stevens is going <laughs> to pick on him. Ooh, it's going to be so Neto. bad to watch. My, my biggest fear is uh, I feel like Marcus Smart is going to make Shake Milton cry. Oh, God. Possible. Like, we are – we're going into the series. Like, we already don't know what the fuck's going on with our starting lineup or – who's guarding who, whatever. But then you have, like, experienced playoff guys in Marcus Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Tatum, so young, but they have all this playoff experience, and we're rolling in Quark Maz, Shake Milton, and, 
How I'm very <laughs> concerned that Brad Stevens <laughs> is going to pick them apart. Alec Burks is our most important player. <laughs> I actually might not be able to argue that without, besides mm-hmm. Embiid. He's the only guy that can just like – Dribble and shoot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's He's the only so guy long. that can dribble and shoot. <laughs> and I guess – Can't I pass, guess shake. but <laughs> – No. I can't. <laughs> but uh, he, you know what? And that let's, let's talk about some of the positives heading in. The, the Sixers were – granted, the last four games kind of didn't matter because we knew we were playing the Celtics since like Wednesday or whatever. But uh, we've been shooting like I think 40-something percent, 42% from three in the eight games, uh, and we have the third best offensive rating. There's two other positives. There's two other positives. You just said that we're shooting well. Um, Horford's playing well is the second positive, and the third positive is Embiid's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Barely. That's it. There's nothing else positive. Yeah, barely. Barely. But he's still breathing. He he had a lot of people questioning – his ankle injury, which I found kind of like really odd. Like, is it just because it's Embiid because it's Philadelphia? Like Kendrick Perkins and Raja Bell were questioning his maturity. Like, oh, like that injury didn't look that bad. Does he even wanna? Does he even wanna be here? It shouldn't and, have had uh, to be that bad. It's the fucking bubble in a meaningless game. If it's even a point one out of ten, they should have sat him. Right. Absolutely. Wait, and uh, when the fuck did Raja Bell get a speaking gig? Yeah, former I think he Sixers got a bashing us. That, that new me podcast off. with uh, Bill Simmons, I believe. Man, of course, the ringer. I didn't see. I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one. I don't, I'm glad oh, yeah. I didn't see it. Ba- basically, it was just they're just shitting on Embiid. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, let's talk about Embiid. We he's he's not going to have. It's kind of like the reverse of two years ago. He doesn't have Simmons. Um, he might have the floor more space for him, and he doesn't have like Marcus Stoll guarding him. Do, are we all expecting him to basically eat in the series? Unless, unless, unless frustrated, unless Cantor joins the Baines Horford Gasol <laughs> list. No shot. <laughs> if he wants to dominate, he should dominate. What well, exactly? Cantor known as like, oh. It, wasn't he putting up like 2020 20 numbers on the on the Knicks, but he was just a traffic cone? Less than yeah. a traffic cone. Let's uh Embiid's past playoff uh playoff uh performances. Has he really had like a you know what? I I'll top of my memory, I can't really imagine like a role like Embiid game he's had in the playoffs. Can you guys? All, all I remember is the and I wasn't even watching this in like a comfortable location, but when he had the, the when he started doing the little flying thing after he dunked against Toronto, was, was that game a three. Good game? That, yeah, that was yeah. probably his best game. It was a blowout. That was his best playoff game ever. Yeah, best moment of my life. <laughs> but, you guys were there uh, for it. Congrats, we were there. Oh, Loudest yeah. they've ever been. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, he has all this. He's gonna have all the space in the world. I mean, they're gonna send double teams, but. Mm-hmm. Like he's been, he's been getting really pretty good at passing out a double team and identifying it. So I'm hoping that it continues in the playoffs. I mean, if there's, if there's one positive, I'd like to see. Even if we do lose, I'd like to see MB kind of assert himself and and not kind of check say, out, not check out. Say this is this is my team. <clears throat> Ben's not here. I'm gonna take over. I'm gonna carry you guys. But um. You know, we were going to talk about it later with his interview with JJ, but I think it's actually 
like a good timing for this. He basically admitted to early in the season being kind of checked out. He said he was going through the motions. He felt mm-hmm. like it was just work. Um, and he didn't feel like himself. And it was mostly due to Jimmy leaving and even JJ leaving. Um, that's kind of alarming. <laughs> Cause like on all fronts, you, you can't blame them. Right. But at the same it's time, fun. like you're a professional, man, like this is your team and we all love Embiid and you'll, you probably won't get much criticism from us from him for him because we love him so much. He's been there from day one. He's our guy, but I don't think he could just slide on this. I think, I think, I, I definitely agree it's upsetting not having the players that we wanted to run it back, but you can't just, you know, show up and mope around, right? It's, that's the one thing that sometimes triggers me about Embiid. Like, sometimes he'll just use it as an excuse. Like, when things aren't going well, he'll just say, like, I'm not having fun anymore. Like, I, I think that I, I have Spike's article to my left here, and it's uh, it seems to have to regularly convince himself that he enjoys really enjoys what he's doing. Like, as news, you said, Nuge, he, like, I don't know what he goes through. And I'd be pissed, too, if my team – like, you would think that the front office or the coach looped him into decisions and maybe took his input. Like, I I don't want to believe that Elton Brand or the Holy Triumvirate went to him and said, uh, we're not keeping Jimmy or we're, we're not offering JJ whatever. And he says, fuck that. Like, I need them to succeed. And they just say, nah. Like, that doesn't seem right. But take pride in being one of the potentially greatest centers of all time and, like, just dominate. You know, job. Maybe he didn't assert himself because, like, like Dave was saying, we mentioned the Jimmy Butler and TJ McConnell conversation where it's a film session and no one's saying anything. You know, maybe he didn't speak up. Maybe he didn't make it known how much he liked JJ. I mean, obviously, I think the Jimmy thing was way different. Um, I don't think he was coming back anyway. But I don't know. Maybe – maybe he has to take that role. Like this is, this is my team. Like, and his voice should be heard. Yeah. And if he was that important and I think JJ compared him, didn't JJ throw out like a comparison player that someone can fill his role on one of these podcasts. Buddy healed. Okay. Oh, buddy. <laughs> but like, if, if this is all these statements are true, that uh, Embiid said, I love playing with uh, Reddick. Like we complimented each other so well. And maybe the financials weren't going to work out and it wasn't unrealistic. But go find someone that's a lesser version of him and not Al Horford. We're not doing this. This is why. Yeah, we're not doing the whatever those plays used to be where they just hand the ball off to each other and Reddick shoots or B drives. And we replace that with a four or a five. This is – we used to say how – how troublesome it was that that's what we relied on most for offense was J- the JJ and Embiid two man game dribble handoff at the at the three point line, but it really was good offense. Mm-hmm. And even though we were worried that that's what we had to rely on, it was something we could rely on. We have nothing to rely on right now. It was really that important. It was that good. It was that good of a two man game. And here's why we're fucked because <laughs> good <laughs> good front offices. Every successful team that's always there, they have they, they play chess, not checkers. And I can think of a specific moment in history, recent history, somewhat recent history, when OKC st- had everyone on their rookie deals, Westbrook, Harden, Durant, Jeff Green, Serge Ibaka. They were the fucking, you know, thunder up, loud city. It was all getting started. 
And they lost to that their first year in the playoffs. They lost to the Lakers in the first round. The Giants, Andrew Bynum, Pal Gasol, Lamar Odom, Giants. They were too small, too young. What did they do? They made a reactionary trade. They made a short-term reactionary trade. They traded Jeff Green for Kendrick Perkins' contract because they needed a big man to go up against Bynum and Gasol. And what did that do? Because they had that Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins money on the books, they couldn't afford to re-sign James Harden. They made a short-term wow, reactionary that. move that fucked them. That ultimately, when you zoom out, it fucked them. It's e- easy to say in hindsight, but guess what? It did. It's the front office's job to play checker or chess, not checkers. Signing Al Horford was playing checkers. They were so spooked by the on-off numbers when Embiid was on the floor against the Raptors versus off the floor. They went all in on that one thing. And guess what? We might not even play the Raptors. What if we never play the Raptors in the playoffs again? And we were fucked went, anyway if Embiid got hurt significantly. Right. Like, exactly. bank on him not to. We're not like – we, we, If, we if you want to replace him, get, like, a young person – a young center that might have promise in the future. Like, if Embiid had a significant injury, Al Horford steps in and makes us an average team instead of below average. What the hell does that do? Hmm. 37 Elton, years old. <laughs> Elton Brand, World Series of Checkers champion. Is yeah. there is there any chance – that a first round loss makes the owners want to clean house in the front office. I just Hopefully. don't think I don't I, I think <clears throat> they probably at dinner with their families realize what a tragic mistake they've made. I just don't think they would like optically clean house. Mm-hmm. If they're gonna fire GM eight months after hiring him when he was a suspect hire to begin with, I think the Brett thinks a given. I think Brett's yeah, gone. Brett's been- yeah, he's I the right so on the wall. It'll that'll just so be their cop out. Hey, we we'll we'll try it with a new coach <clears throat> mm-hmm. and not fire everyone. As much as I hope I'm wrong, like that would be the biggest success. I take Horford on our team next year if, if that meant we got rid of our three headed monster of GMs. Yeah, I like I was gonna I'd say pay like, more. <laughs> I was going to say, like, maybe the one positives we could get out of this is if the Sixers do get bounced in the first round, maybe they clean house in the front office. But I don't think any of us think that's actually going to happen. We do think mm-hmm. Brett's going to be gone. But coach I, first, I, coach I, I don't – I have no faith in this front office. So, like, I I think if we're going to go anywhere, we need them gone. But it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. But does, does any any part of you guys feel a little disappointed that – like, I was kind of – I was, I'm not going to lie. I thought we were headed towards tragedy anyway with Ben Simmons. Like, I thought we were going to get bounced in the first round. It was going to be tragic all offseason. But then I was, like, a little relieved. Like, you know what? At least we don't have to be embarrassed because Ben Simmons isn't playing. But is, like, anyone a little disappointed that we're not going to see, you know, all year they're talked about this team was built for the playoffs. The team is is made for Giannis and the Bucks. Um, We're never going to see that team because Ben's out. And Brown, Brett Brown's not going to be here next year. And, like, we all are saying he should be gone. We, But we all love Brett, and I would have loved to see him. You know, he was talking that talk. He kept saying we're both for the playoffs. I kind of wanted to see him with the entire team uh, in this postseason because, you know, it, the playoffs are a different beast. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time with, with like, the, you know, the transition from the regular season to the playoffs. It's just a whole different game. It's slower. It's uh, more defense and shorter rotations. Uh, and you know what? I I kind of do wonder if the built for the playoffs thing was really a thing. Yeah, you said it. 
I forget one thing I, I forgot this like when I when I finished my most recent rant about they made a short-term reactionary trade and we might never never even see Toronto again in the play and it was really from Milwaukee too between Simmons, Horford, and and uh, and B, you got three guys you can throw at Giannis and give him problems. We never make it. We may never make it that far. And um, I think we'll never go anywhere with Horford, Embiid, Simmons, and Harris. One of those guys has to be turned into a similar caliber guard, hmm. someone yes. that can init- run an offense and hmm. shoot off the catch, create their own shot off the dribble, make plays for others on the perimeter. It, one of those four guys has to be turned into that kind of player. And I'm really excited to get to Vlade's big trade of the week, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Huge. I'm partially what, – what your question was, like I am partially upset that we won't get to see Bill for playoffs team because, one, I think it was built – or I think it was bullshit anyway. Like we weren't a good team. We weren't just going to be magically good. So the fucking cynic or evil person in me wanted <laughs> – to just see it not work so I could blame Elton Moore or Alex Rucker more. But I don't know. It's – you never want to go in with a, a light roster, but – I think, Jim? I wish – I wanted to see one game maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wanted to see all our starting five, like Ben, everyone, in the playoffs because I guess we were kind of built for the playoffs because – you know, defense carries you through the playoffs to a championship. But, like, if we had Ben for this Boston series, I would be so much more confident on us, like, beating them. But without him, we just lose a huge defensive presence that we can put him on anyone, like Tatum, Brown, even Hayward, whatever. But now that we lost him, we, it seems like it's going to be impossible to guard any of those wings. And it's unfortunate that we're not going to see this, you know, this defensive team that we're built for. Like, we're all big. We're all athletic. We can kind of switch one through five. And it's, it's unfortunate that we're not going to be able to see that. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of talking about how they may have looked, um, and we won't see it. But do you think anything actually would have changed? Do you think we would have flipped the switch, like everyone says, and – become this contender that preseason everyone thought we were? I mean, I don't think it's like flip the switch, but if you see the track record we had with Boston this year, we, we were pretty good. And we made, we made them look very uncomfortable. It wasn't like the past few years when we played Boston, when we were the uncomfortable team. But with Ben we and our big five, we made Boston uncomfortable. And I was very confident if we play them with Ben – that, you know, we have a shot. But now, you know, I don't know now, man. Yeah, I just – Well, Dave, I'll give you something to sleep on. The Sixers are plus 330 to win the series. Wow, it was plus 270 earlier. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's – I think that's like a – I think that – heavy, right? In Vegas were terms – I think that gives Boston like an 80% chance of beating us, which is (laughs) probably, again, fair – but but what if something clicks? <laughs> hey, what if? Hey, we were we were built we were built for Boston, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> built built uh, for these playoffs. We went um we went three and one versus <clears throat> them, uh this season. Sure uh, game one was you know it was the first game of the season, but like, we did. It was seem glorious. Like we, we seemed like we <laughs> bullied them. 
Yeah. Two right. things stand out. Two things stand out from Go that ahead, game Dave. when when Thibault blocked Kemba's pull up mm. foul line jump shot from behind, and then and then like ah like scream oh, like low flex, yeah, yeah, and then and then like or I think it was early in the game, Jay Rich like stole the ball and like knocked it loose and yeah. dove for the loose ball and got it and he got fouled and like stood up and ah, did another scream. Oh, that was glorious, man. And we it was like we we just bullied him. We won. It was like it was ugly. We won like nine eight. I thought, I thought it was we turned like into new leaf. Yeah. We were the bullies. We were the, the big kids on the block, and we thought that was it. And then it just all unraveled in front of our eyes over the next nine months. <laughs> all, all good things come to an end. Ours only took like two, two weeks. Yeah, they never we're, last long. We were, we were 5-0. and oh. And I was like, okay, we established our team. We're like, that's our, that's our new identity. We're 5-0. and oh. We started the season with a bang. This is going to be a whole new season. And then uh, 2020 happened. <laughs> uh, but game two – in Boston, prime time, uh, the Sixers did start out five and zero. Then they, you know, they went a bit of a um, uh, a bad spell. They, I think, they lost uh, five of their next seven, and then they won like thirteen of the next fifteen. So we were sitting at twenty and seven after like a pretty good statement win against Boston. It was a tight game. MB that might have been one of the bigger MB games. He made it. He had like game saving blocks, and he hit a late three and was pumping his fist to the crowd, the Boston crowd and like shushing them. And uh, I was like, all right, here we go. And then since then they were 500, <laughs> but the game three, uh, I believe we were three and zero, right? Cause I think game three was a, without Embiid at home. Really? And uh, I think Josh Richardson had a good game. Ben Simmons had a good game and we went up three on them. And then game four was kind of – I think that was during our four-game road losing streak. That was like Boston, Miami. Uh, all, everyone killed us, Atlanta. Um, mm. So Boston blew us out in that game. Uh, with, with I think we were at full strength. But uh, obviously now we don't have Simmons for this series, which is going to be a different look than we had versus Boston all year. So I don't know. I uh, Are they missing I, anyone? I don't. I know Kemba has been like kind of banged up, right? He's yeah. They had him on a minutes limit during the season, so I don't know during the the bubble games. I don't know what his status is for this game, but honestly, I don't even know if they need him that much. Hmm. I don't know if they didn't have Kemba, I feel a lot better about not having some <laughs> guy that's just going to dribble out dribble the shit out of us. <laughs> I mean, what else? We, we already talked about Embiid's matchup versus the guys. What else are we feeling good about? Uh, that we got the OKC pick? <laughs> that's base, That's for the, for these this first-round series. Uh, nothing? I got, I got nothing else. Dave. My only hope is we catch fire and we, ha- we come out high, hit some corner threes, Embiid has a cool dunk, poster someone, and then we build on it. But that, okay. asks, that seems like it's asking for a lot, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Dave's Dave's speech earlier, we need Tobias to put up 30. We need Embiid to dominate. Like, mm-hmm. that's factual. But th- is it is it going to happen? Is That's the hardest <sighs> part. Um, I'm all about, you know, it's fucking Boston, man. I, the last series was so weird. Like, I'm sure Daniel Tice is going to catch fire from three. I'm sure Cantor is going to hit a few threes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Marcus Smart – he was like a career, like 29% three point shooter or something. I'm sure he's going to make all his three pointers. Like he did in 2018. Um, I just, 
I'm sure the Sixers who wasted all their ammo by shooting 42% during the bubble games, and I'm sure they're not <laughs> going to be able to hit anything. I'm sure Furkan Korkmaz is going to look like uh, is going to get sunned out there by Marcus Smart. I'm, um, Aren't we supposed to – I'm in a dark place. New to June, I think I saw you guys in a little Twitter thread. Like, when rivalry teams play each other, isn't it supposed to be like, it could go any way, these teams are rivals – and I think I saw someone, I guess a Boston fan tweet, like, I wonder what Sixers role player is going to kill us this series, which, man, I hope there is one. But, like, why – like, I feel like we should be, like, slightly more – there's a chance that we fucking play because we have to – we should show some pride against this team that has given us fits for as long as any of them have been on our roster. So, I don't know. Small hope that, like, we still have the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Horford. Horford. Horford's the X Horford. factor in this series. We stole him away. And this is where it, it, it you know, judgment day. We'll see who's see really playing for it. Or not. Is he <laughs> maybe, really the double agent? If we pull this off, if we actually win this first-round series and beat Boston and get past them, does that justify the Al Horford signing a little bit more than it does right now? Maybe. Oh God! Not, not if we just get our ass beat in the second round. By, uh, who, uh, like Toronto, we beat, Toronto. We beat Boston though. <laughs> yeah. That's I believe, I believe they I believe they say ping me on the checkers board when, oh you, when you beat God. Boston in the first. Guys, round. if if we beat Boston, are we much happier? Say say we beat Boston and we lose in <clears throat> six or seven to Toronto. Are we like? In a better mood, or is it going to be like recency bias and like, oh, we just got our ass kicked by Toronto? Oh, it'll. I mean, we'll just move the goalposts. We'll fucking feel ecstatic <laughs> on that that series clinching win, and then we'll get blown out the next series and be pissed at everyone again. I because, mean, hey. because why? Because why? Because we're bipolar. You said it last time, baby. <laughs> yeah, Don't so, be afraid but, to say it again. Yeah, we just. I mean, our goal should be to win everything, so that it's natural to be upset when. That we're coming in under expectations going into this year or even going into the bubble. We should have been a better team than we've been. And unless out of nowhere we click, uh, we, we've come in way under our expectations. But, hey, if we beat Boston, I'll be happy for at least a little bit. This might be my Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I gotta be, Boston has tormented us for as long as we've been Sixers fans. After the 2001 finals – there was the, the five-game series in 2002 where they, like, laughed us off the court in game five. We lost by, like, 30. There was uh, the 2012 series, which we had no business being in. Oh, that was like, so I, fun. And uh, ga- we, somehow took them to, we somehow took them to game seven. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Ray John Rondo hit, like, a 30-foot three-pointer in, like, a minute left. <laughs> yeah, so, with, like, like, there was that. like, four threes that game. And then there was a 2018 series which i i don't know i hope we have time to talk about it but uh that that series made no sense and that that would have been the most depressed i was as a sixers fan and and it made no sense and it it might it, that series may have turned the tide to how the sixers were ran forever they beat us so badly and they probably had no business beating us and we just we 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 panicked and we ended up trading Covington and Dario and you know maybe you could justify that but it just it changed the course for the the rest of the the future of the Sixers yeah we cashed in everything and made very marginal if any progress um I mean 
there's I gotta be honest with you guys, there's not much I feel good about. I mean, other than Embiid and then but and I you know I agree with Dave with what he said about Tobias. I actually wanna talk about that because I don't think he has any more excuses, man. Ben's not there. You were paid. I don't I know he obviously if you're Tobias Harris, obviously you're gonna accept hundred eighty million dollars. Like I don't blame him for accepting that. I mean, but like, come on, man, step up. Like we it's need Bob's. you. Like he's he wow, he's a really? good player. Who uh, his uh, his agent? Yeah, it's his, his dad. dad. It's cool as shit. I love good that. Job, wow, <laughs> wow. I uh, I need to see him. Like Dave Dave hit it around. I need to see more than nineteen points per game on nineteen There's shots. There's no. There's no more excuses now. I, I don't even think this is a criticism of him. I think this is very fair, and this can't even be seen as anti-Toby. We need to see more from him. Your your second best player is out. You're making 180 fucking million. Like, come on, man. Like, do something. You're brought you're in older, the, you're you're older than him. The... Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. You know, sorry. I got. I get, I'm very passionate right now. I'm sorry. I did, no, I need to gone. see more. I need to see more from Tobias. I really do. He, when you're brought in as the missing piece. And the one of the two guys you were brought in to compliment is out. You step up. You need to step up and fill those shoes and fill that role and carry the team. And we'll see if he does it. I don't think he's going to. I hope he proves me wrong. Because if he proves me wrong, we might win. And if I'm right, we're going to lose. So we'll find you know, out I, I, I'm still not sure where Dave was at because he went from, here's why we're going to beat the Celtics to later in the pod go, we're fucked. <laughs> so... I mean, let's uh, you know what? Let's do it. Let's make our official predictions before the game tomorrow. Uh, you know what? I'll go first because uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping Dave's positive and maybe he draws you back in. But uh, I, I said it. I uh, I've seen nothing from the Sixers team to indicate that they would just flip the switch. Um, you know, and it's arguable if they even deserve to be a flip the switch team. Um, I just I look at Boston and. Brad Stevens is going to coach circles around Brett. Um, you know, they all know their roles. They're established. I look at the Sixers team. I still see question marks. I'm not comfortable having Shake Milton and like Quark Maz, although Quark Maz is our only shooter. I don't feel great about them playing Boston. Um, I just think, I think Embiid being able to feast is going to get offset by all their wings and, you know, Mark Smart magically becoming JJ Redick. And I just, it could be just me being haunted by Boston my entire life as a Sixers fan, but uh, I, I, I think the Celtics in five games. I, uh, wow. I don't. I just see us. I see us getting frustrated as we have been the entire season, and I think Boston's going to feed on the Sixers getting frustrated at themselves, and that just seems perfect for. Boston just dominate us, and uh, I don't feel great. So, who wants to go next? I can't end. A, I can't do any official prediction and not take a, a Philly win. <laughs> I feel like like going into every Eagle season, I say the Eagles are going thirteen and three at the worst. So, I think my equivalent to NBA playoffs is the Sixers win in six games. Oh. Is that how you actually feel, though? No, there's no – I mean, logistically, we we should have no shot. I mean, we're – we have – I shouldn't say that. I mean, we, we should have a shot, but just what I've seen all year, it's very unlikely. I 
My brain says we lose. My heart, which overrides the prediction segment, says we win in six. All right, there you go. Lock it in, Mudbones. When, is, that, is that a lock of the week? Absolutely not. Do not put any <laughs> dollar on that. Plus 330. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, June. Well, my heart says Sixers and seven. So we, we all want to root for the fucking six. We all want to win. Exactly, exactly. But, but like, like, logistically what's going to thinking, realistically, I think it's going to go seven games. I think wow, that's a win. Seven. You know, because the offsets are like, it's so great. And like, no one can stop Embiid. And in contrast, we can't stop their wings. And I think it's just going to be a constant back and forth. And just going to go down to game seven, in my opinion. Maybe they have a couple off-shooting nights. It's yeah, easier maybe. for him to be the dunk than them to hit threes. Exactly. Higher, higher percentage shot. Yeah, so that's that. Seven games. All right, so we have uh, me in five games. Celtics in five games from me. We have, uh, what, Sixers and six from Joe. Yeah. And we got the Celtics in uh, more optimistic seven games seven. from from June. Uh, so, Dave. Time's yours. I see you smiling, Dave. <laughs> Brain, Celtics and four. Wow. <laughs> a sweet heart, heart and official prediction. Sixers and seven. Sixers Let's and seven. It. You know why? Because Brett Brown is coaching for his job. Mm. And that means if he's coaching for his job, that means that Thibel's going to start at the three. Horford's going to be the backup center. Mike Scott's going to be a spark at the backup four. Burks and Furkan are going to be offensive sparks off the bench and come in and contribute. Thibel is going to start with lockdown defense on Tatum. Don't let him get in his rhythm. He uses fouls. Jay Rich is going to step up. Horford's going to st- – or uh, fucking Tobias is going to uh, – maybe not. Joel is going to step up. <laughs> we got a chance. I, I – I, look, are, do I really think the Sixers are going to win in seven? I don't know. I think they have a chance. I think we – we have a chance. If those, I don't think any of us not, would be surprised if they made it a series, right? Mm-hmm. They fucking better. <laughs> I don't know. Nude, you said – oh, wait. Never mind. You didn't say I, six Celtics. No, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, Sixers, and, I mean, Sixers and seven, official prediction. Sixers and seven. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter that with the, the Brett point about him coaching for his job because I think, I think they need the Sixers to get off to a good start because I think once things go south and they're mm-hmm. all looking at each other, I think they're going to fucking quit on Brett. And oh, I think yeah. they, I think they all like him, but I don't think they would be like, man, I'd go to war for this guy. Yeah. And uh, I think if things go south quick, I could see. I hope not. I could see MB checking out. I could mm. see them quitting on Brett. Um, I mean, we know how this is gonna go. We're all we're all pretty down on the, like from the brain. We're all down on the Sixers <laughs> in the series. But if there's anything I could hope to see from the series is maybe we do stretch the five, but maybe we see. And be become a superstar because there's there's arguments mm. out there. Spike Eskin had wrote it in his article, which is a fair point. He may not be a superstar yet because we haven't had him have those moments where he just puts the team on his back. Like regular season, fuck that. Like Carl Anthony Towns has like crazy games, but he hasn't won. I need oh. to see Embiid. I'll love him anyway, but I need him to see. I need to see him take the reins and just be like, "This is my fucking team. Ben's not here. Let's fucking go." Um, and Tobias. You know, fucked. Sorry, not not fucked Tobias. He's, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. I'm with you, Dave. He's got to do it too, to a lesser extent. And Bede's got to put it on for fucking forty minutes. Tobias has to be his wingman. 
he, it's up to those two guys. On the court. Yeah. Those two guys have to be a devastating one-two punch. They have he to be. the best player no on the court, and he has to show it. He has to show it. But then you can make the argument that Boston might have the next two, three, four players on their team. So I, I feel mean, like Embiid has to play his hardest ever this series, man. It's so much on his shoulders. And I don't know. Boston again. I don't know about like when I, I – I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> When I listened to uh, the JJ podcast, Embiid brought up a lot of points on him and four shooters, like like an offense going through him and four shooters. Is, is This is going to be one of the examples, right? Like our current roster situation. Yeah, we're not that. You don't think – you don't think – Well, this uh, is the, the most we've seen probably since – Yeah. Like I guess since Ben – because Ben Simmons played every game when, um, when Embiid and him first played that season. Yeah. So we haven't seen Embiid – We've seen Ben with the shooters, the 16-game win streak, but we haven't seen Embiid with the shooters. And, like, granted, our shooters aren't the greatest, but, like, Burks has been stroking it. Um, there's Maz, who seems confident. Uh, Diable's even been Mike's- knocking down some. And Horford's been – I think Horford's hitting, hitting uh, 50% of his threes right now. And then and Mike, said Mike, Mike Scott. Scott. So, I Tobias. mean, so. Tobias, he's been taking them. He's been aggressive. He's been aggressive. Yeah. We have – good- We have, like – Somewhat competent players, right? It yes. should, it should work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you go into a a fantasy two K draft with Josh. Going into this year, you get Embiid, Tobias, Josh Richardson as your three man core. Like that's a fucking phenomenal on, team on paper. On paper's good. Make it gel somehow. That's your job, not mine. Yeah. Figure the fuck oh, out. Oh shit! How did we not fe- uh, mention Josh? Yeah, he's got a. He's got to be that guy. He's got to step yeah. up. He's got to hit his threes. He's got to – I don't even – I want him to shut down someone. Whoever he's assigned to, shut him down, and then you can shoot 30% from three. I don't care. I'm we, gonna, need, we need a guard neutralized. I'm going to say it one more time for Brent. Hopefully he hears this. Shake, Jay Rich, Matisse, Tobias, Joel. Neto, Burks, Furkan, Mike Scott, Al Horford. It's not hard. You hear that, Brett? It's not hard. It's a fucking ages. It's an ages six and up. It's an ages six and up Lego set. The pieces fit. If you put them together, where they go, it's not hard. And can't don't most teams run a like a max eight player lineup? Just we don't even need Neto. Fuck that. Eight nine. Is nine like no? Nine. Burks and Jay Rich. Burks and Jay Rich can run the offense for most of the game. Mm -hmm. Probably our best option. Yeah. Shake. What? Is, sorry, I know we're, we've been spending a lot of time on Boston, but I just I have to add this in. What do we think is our playoff rotation? You, you said the starting lineup. Who? Yeah, uh, you guys who know what I bench? hope. I think it should. I mean, I think it's got to be Ferk, Burks, and Horford. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Brett gets the Grant, message, you're thinking Thibault starting. I think there's there's no way these stories are coming out, and we're gonna like go back to square one and start Horford. Yeah. I. I think Matisse is in the lineup tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I don't so. – who am I missing? Like, I, I love Mike Scott. I would love to see him play. I just thought, like, that NBA teams, literally everyone, when it's playoff time, you, you cap your team to eight for whatever the science is. Yeah, it's like eight or is. nine. I think that's who it is. Because so we it, did eight last year, I think, right? I have no idea. I don't know. Who, who fucking knows that? If, if like we stretch the nine, would Mike Scott be the nine? I would have to say Mike Scott. Not Glenn nine. Robinson? Well, he's hurt Glenn Robinson's now. hurt. Oh, he's hurt. 17 yeah. days. Jesus. I mean, in theory, Brent, you would have loved. Brett loves Neto. 
Brett loves Neto. I said yeah. that's what I said, right? He's gonna take Brett Neto. Loves to his hot seat. I, I I don't know if Neto's is as bad as we make him out to be because there's some flashes like oh, but uh, no, he shouldn't be. He played great against series. against Toronto. He was hooping. Yeah, he he shouldn't be playing in the series. But um, okay, no. there you guys Brad go. Stevens there's our will... predictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Brad Stevens go. What exploit him? Uh, oh yeah, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad just Brad like, Stevens uh, like would, would end. Yeah, he would end Howell Neto's career. <laughs> Uh, but there you go. There's our predictions. I have uh, Celtics in five. We had uh, Joe with Sixers in six. Uh, June, Sixers – no, sorry, Celtics in seven. And then Dave said Sixers in seven, right? So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Game one is tomorrow at 6.30. I, uh, I I don't know why, but I took a PTO day. What a waste of a PTO day. <laughs> um, but, hey, we'll be watching. Sure will be. But, uh, Might be an moving... Xfinity. Hey, how about, how about we <laughs> – <laughs> I might yeah, do it. That'd be, that'd be a great idea. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> we uh we mentioned it earlier, so how about some good news? We got the OKC top twenty pick. Which Isn't I there... believe go on. I think it was from the Markel Fultz trade. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Yeah, so something positive come <laughs> from that. We got Jonathan Simmons and that top twenty OKC pick that we did not think was gonna come back, right? They uh they traded Westbrook, they traded Paul George. A lot of people had them as a lottery team, and we thought they'd trade Chris Paul by the trade deadline, but they ended up having a better record than us. Go figure. Uh, and we're going to get their pick, which could be anywhere from 21 to 23. There's a coin flip to determine that. Uh, Isn't that happening on... soon? Thursday. Lottery night? Lottery, star- lottery Thursday. Lottery Thursday? Thursday. Oh, wow. Lottery Thursday. That's so yeah. fun. I'm actually really excited. I love it. It's one of my favorite things, honestly. <laughs> so not the NBA in general. I love the lottery. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's, why – It's built in our DNA. Exactly. That's why this was so – what a saving grace to have something to cheer for. Oh, we And, like, it. another team to support that was completely unrelated to us. Getting this pick was fans. such a win. Oh, yeah. And some, some so, bad news. Some bad news real quick before we move oh. forward. Um, <laughs> Portland, as, if anybody saw the, the unbelievable play-in game yesterday. Apart, side note, real quick, real, real quick aside here. I think that the fucking playoffs should be bubble going forward forever mm-hmm. forever forever <laughs> and do like some crazy tournament style bracket yes that play-in game yesterday between portland and memphis was fantastic it was just so great both teams yeah. wanted it it was really really good uh but the point i'm trying to make is that memphis lost so they're in the lottery they're the last team in the lottery the 14th seed and boston has their top six protected first round pick i didn't even think about that we should have been rooting for memphis is it top six protected? You guys keep talking, and I'll find yeah, out. I'll, uh, yeah, okay. it, it might be. Um, I mean, I, I didn't even watch that game, but part of me, like, I saw all the tweets after, like, CJ McCollum to John Morant, and like, what what hurts me is I just watch those players and I watch Dame, and they just are killers and have so much passion. And then I watch us, and we just go through the motions. <laughs> but they play no like, defense. Nobody, I'll tell you that. Nobody like that. We have nobody like that. Yeah, like but, uh, I just want to see MB do his little airplane thing, like every game. Windmill. Every, <laughs> every fucking game. rotation he's in, I want to see one airplane. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if this is a, a like good for us, but hey, I know Boston has quote unquote home court advantage, but these are really are neutral courts. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, it's gonna be really interesting to say these playoff teams in neutral courts. Like, it's gonna be way different from any NBA playoff. So like, if if we had to play a team in this, like, maybe possibly once-in-a-lifetime bubble, 
it's very appropriate that's the goddamn Boston Celtics. Yeah, rather right. yeah. Go Here we go, go real quick, real quick. So Boston gets Memphis's 2020 first round pick, but it's protected for the top six selections. So they'll get it at 14. They're gonna get it. Or if Me- if Memphis jumps into the top four, oh, they keep God. it. And then the first time in NBA history. <laughs> <laughs> the last team, and it's possible to be with the new odds. You don't know what's going to fucking happen. Yeah, and then, I, I thought the or is it? How, did they make the odds for the fourteenth team? Better? I thought it was basically basically like the top like five teams. I think they every all team like went up a little bit. But yeah, gotcha. every team like the the teams closer to the playoffs have a better chance of jumping, and the mm. teams with the worst records have less of a chance of getting the top one. So before they used to draw for the top three picks. <clears throat> and the teams with the worst record had higher odds of getting a top three pick, but now they draw for the top four picks, and teams further out have a better chance of jumping. To so, disincentivize the hinky. Exactly. And if if Boston, if 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 Memphis stays at fourteen, um, then Boston gets the Memphis's number fourteen overall pick. But if Memphis jumps into the top four, they keep it, and then Boston gets their unprotected pick in twenty twenty one. Which very mm. with Golden State healthy and back in the picture, that's probably going to be in the lottery again. What what's that? What's that trade a result of? It was a trade that took place like five Forever years ago. ago. It, it might have been a Jeff Green trade, like when when Boston wow. still had Jeff Green and and Memphis oh, was did like a Memphis did like a panic trade for the Zach Randolph Mike Conley Grizzlies to try to keep him in contention. Let's go get Jeff Green. We'll give this future pick, and it's finally <laughs> going to bite them in the ass. Oh, that's beautiful. Wait, what so, would of the OKC pick, if it didn't convey, would it have turned into like the two second rounders or something? Yeah. Is that what it was? Two future seconds. Yeah. Jesus. So, what, uh, so that's I good mean, we got it. Good, good. Yeah, good thing we, got, we it. got it. That's, Too bad uh, we're going to trade it. Too bad we're going to trade it to get off. It's the, it's, what? Hey. It's Horford. Sure. Horford. This isn't, this isn't Vlade's fake trade a week. This, this is the, the trade that needs to happen this offseason. It's Horford. Zaire Smith as a, as a scratch-off lottery ticket and the OKC pick for Buddy Heald. That's the trade. Yeah. Buddy Heald. Salary, s- salaries match up. Uh, Sacramento gets a, you know, veteran all-star that can be a locker room guy and that's on a shorter shorter length deal than Buddy. Buddy's disgruntled. He comes to a place where he fits. It's uh, That's that's the real trade. That's Vlade's real trade that needs to happen this offseason. I uh... – Unfortunately, Vlade Divac has uh, has stepped down since our last pod. Mm. Uh, we have famously uh, Sam Hankey has famously taken advantage of him in the past. Uh, so our hope of getting Buddy healed uh, on uh, you know as like with Nichols is probably not going to happen. Uh, so you're right. I, that's a, and I was actually going to ask you like, do you think I have no idea who's out of college, so I don't know who we pick. But do you think we keep the pick, or do you think we trade it? We trade and, it. Uh, 100%. I think no we're way. gonna trade it. <laughs> yeah. I'm There's pretty no sure this is like a very, <clears throat> very weak draft too. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm for trading it, uh, and I think you will have to to get someone to take Al Horford, mm-hmm. which uh, you know I think yeah. Al Horford's been good, but I just don't think he has a place on this team. You know what? Uh, maybe maybe Vlade Divac stepped down, but Buddy Heald's agent didn't step down. And if Buddy Heald is very unhappy, his agent will get him out of there. Yeah. So his uh you know. his exit interview was uh less than thrilling. If you're a Kings fan and, you, and if you want to keep him, they asked him about his role moving forward, and he was less than excited to answer. So really, I didn't see that. And and like uh, Luke Walton, I saw there was at least one game. Luke Walton played him, played him like 11 minutes. <laughs> wow. 
And like, yeah. which is baffling because he's probably their second best player behind De'Aaron Fox. It's done. It's, 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 it's going to happen. It's uh, Fox, yeah. Bogdanovich, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, Al Horford. OKC first round pick. Your own lottery. There you go. And we, you know what? We mentioned earlier that um, <laughs> Embiid loved playing with JJ so much. And he asked JJ, you know, who's, uh, who's, who could be like you because he's going to go recruit him. And JJ's response was Buddy Heald. So that might really? be the key to next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's almost, like he's, it's almost like he's trolling us. <laughs> and he, and like... he, he very well could be because we, we trolled JJ for a couple years. Yeah. Mm. I fucking I like JJ, but. Oh, my God. He was so fun. He was Except fun. When he June hated him. him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he did have some, you know, bathroom plays, but he, he made Embiid happy. And uh, who knows if we see this happy Embiid again. It, it's interesting. So, I, uh, like, one minute on the Kings. I didn't even know Peja was in the front office, too. Oh, me too. No <laughs> and he stepped down with Vlade. So, they must have just been, like, a spoil system, terrible duo. But I saw – I was just scrolling through Twitter late night last night, and I guess George Carl has discovered Twitter, the former coach of the team and Nuggets coach, and he took some jabs at, like, I think oh. he responded to something about Vlade stepping down. Like, finally, they could get someone someone in there with some accountability. Maybe he didn't oh, say that it. direct, but he basically bashed on the front <laughs> office or the ownership or the team in general. And I was like, okay. Didn't he write a book? Bashing everyone? I have yeah. no idea. Notably, Carmelo. Oh, yeah. really? So George, Carl, George Carl's the worst. He's genuinely the worst. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Oh, now I'm less He did write a book, and, like, a lot of people, like, came, like went at him. Like, uh, pretty sure he's ra- he, pretty sure he's racist, too. DeMarcus Cousins. I'm pretty racist. sure he's a racist. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad look for, for Mr. Carl. Yeah, yeah. No, one, no one likes George Carl. No one likes him. But, hey, black uh, people hate hates hates good foreigners like Vladi Divac. Unacceptable. <laughs> well, you know, speaking about the Vlade news, uh, in a segment that was half named after him, <clears throat> we have a blockbuster of a Vlade fake trade. Go ahead. Blockbuster. The ultimate three team trade. I'm really <clears throat> This is the I've, first I've, time we're hearing I've, this. <laughs> I've dreamt up some wacky scenarios in my day, but this one, I genuinely believe all three teams do this. I believe all three teams pull this trigger. And it's similar. So before I gave you guys a, a good fake trade that, that made a lot of sense, but I added a third team to it. The three teams involved in this trade, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Oklahoma city thunder and the Utah jazz. A couple things. OKC long been speculated. Would they even hold on to Chris Paul through this year? Well, obviously they didn't rush to trade him because it's hard to find a taker for him. $40 million a year for the, for this year and the next two. Um, you know, who's, and he's playing well for them. They look at them. They're in the playoffs. He, Shea Gilgis Alexander is learning under his tutelage. It's a, it's a good, it's, and he's building value. Chris Paul has reemerged. He was, you know, he was, he was classic Chris Paul in the Clippers, superstar, perennial all-star, one of the best point guards in the league. Then he gets traded to Houston, falls into James Harden's shadow. They can't figure it out. Gets flipped to OKC for Westbrook. And now he's having this resurgence. People are remembering, oh yeah, Chris Paul, really fucking good. Really fucking good. Still got it. Maybe still has it for the rest of his con- – the next two years on his max deal. Um, OKC is obviously going to sell high on him. He's not mm-hmm. staying there. They're going to trade him for something. What would they want for Chris Paul? Hmm. 
probably an expiring contract that can match the salary and some combination of draft capital or young player. Um, the Utah Jazz coincidentally happened to have Mike Conley, who is a $30 million expiring contract that if you can turn him into something, wouldn't you? Has Utah ever signed a free agent? Mm. Could they, could they ever like, we're fortunate enough to overpay for somebody like Tobias Harris. Could Utah even pull that off in a small market like that? Bojan. Have they always needed, have they, well, Bojan, sure. But maybe someone better than Bojan, like mm. Tobias Harris. Could they ever overpay and max out a Tobias Harris type player? A one-two, a, the second punch to go with a one-two punch with, with Mitchell being the one. They have a hole at the power forward position. Anyway, well, I'm rambling here. The three-team trade is Tobias Harris to Utah, Mike Conley, and Utah's first-round pick, which will be in the 20s, to OKC. So OKC gets gets off the Chris Paul deal on a Mike Conley expiring and gets a first-round pick for it. And Chris Paul comes to Philly. Chris Paul comes to Philly. Ben is the full-time power forward. Joel is the full-time center. Chris Paul, who's still playing like an all-star, is what we need. It's what we need. We need a, a floor general, a locker room leader. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll lose to Byers, who's been a good locker room guy. But Chris Paul, look what he's doing in OKC. All the young guys love him, and he's leading the team, and they're winning. They're the fucking fifth seed in the West. We're the sixth seed in the East. They're the fifth seed in the West. He's still got it. Yeah, he's still got it. You got Chris Paul, Jay Rich, Matisse, Ben and Joel. Ben and Joel. Kind of like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan when Chris mm-hmm. Paul was on the Clippers. A lot of similarities right there. A lot of similarities. Ben is just like Blake Griffin. They're playmaking fours that are freak athletes that can defend. Joel is way better than DeAndre Jordan. But Chris Paul knows how to play with those kind of guys. And if you got – or if you got Buddy Heald, if you got Buddy Heald at the two guard there, if that Horford trade goes too. And then uh, Utah, obviously, you know, we know why OKC does it. They get they get off the Chris Paul contract and they get a first-round pick out of it. And then uh, Utah gets, a you know, a, a guy to go with Mitchell and Gobert. They get a third one of them guy. Too. Mm-hmm. And Tobias Harris, yeah, they're he they need a four. It's you got Mitchell Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Tobias Harris, and Rudy Gobert. Nice oh. team, better than what they are right now with Mike Conley, probably. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, my big trade of the week. Who says no? Anybody? I don't think anyone says no. Not me, that's for sure. Although I, I wish we could, no. I wish we could swap out uh, Tobias for Al Horford. <laughs> I think Utah also plays better without Conley, right? Probably yeah. Uh, like, he, I know he's he, not been he doing was really well bad. He yeah. just left. Bad. He left the bubble today. I <laughs> yeah, mean, for a bubble. very good reason. Yeah, yeah, right. Dude, but, his son uh, was born. Yeah, I mean Utah after being what most likely three straight first round exits. No, no, no. They beat OKC and Mitchell's rookie year. Never mind. But then they lost the Houston first round last year. They may lose again this year. I think they're playing Denver. Yeah, Denver's going to win that. They're playing Denver. I think Denver's going to win. So maybe they do think like, okay, we need someone better. And uh, maybe they take on Toby's contract. We need an upgrade. They have, they have and, cap space. They can afford to take his contract. That's the thing. They have cap space. They're yeah. never going to sign a free agent. They can afford to take on Toby. And they have Conley's money going off the books to match it. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you're the Sixers, do you think it's worth the risk on an aging Chris Paul? Yeah. Fuck yes. I think so. I think so too. Get us I off. Mean, to- Toby's under. The, to- Toby's on contract for four more years. Chris Paul's on I, contract. For I two just more think. Years. Listen. Cuts it in half. Toby's a good player, but like he's just not worth what you're paying him, and he's not even a fit for what you want to do. 
So like, you know what he is, you know what his ceiling is. And you know, maybe Chris Paul, just not only for the fit, but like the leadership, like Mm -hmm. it's pretty noticeable that Embiid and Simmons are not vocal leaders. Maybe they need a a vet like him to kick them in the ass. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, like show some pride, you know? Or, and he fucking wants the last shot of the game. And we want to win. Yep. Or he can make a play. To somebody yeah, for the last shot of the game. Yep. <laughs> you could give him the ball with under 10 seconds and feel comfortable that we're not going to shoot a 35-foot contested three, <laughs> like, fading away. And that's and, uh, what we do it. for the majority of the last X years. And you know he doesn't want to stay in OKC. He wants to go to a contender. He's almost done of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gotta get a ring. He's going to be playing. He's going to be playing. Got to get a ring. Wow. How, about this ro- how about this rotation? Chris Paul, Buddy Heald, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Bench, Shake Milton. Wow. I like that. Furkan, Furkan Korkmaz, Matisse Thybul, Mike Scott, Norvell Pell. I like it. Norvell. I like it. I'm, I'm willing – I'd be willing to take on, um, you two know, years? possibly – Yeah, yeah. That's why two it's, years off? Two yeah, years. It cuts, it cuts the Toby contract in half, and it gives you somebody that actually will make Simmons and Embiid grow mm-hmm, and play yeah. well together. Yeah, and if it doesn't work out, then the, his last year of the season, he's still like a good person to be in the team. And then after that, he expires. And then you have what a twenty-eight-year-old Embiid and a twenty-five-year-old Simmons. And the flexibility to go find someone that fucking fits. That's more. For the next that's five more years. flexible than having Tobias for the next four years. I uh, I I do that trade every time. And, you think uh, uh, we the the you think you get one Knicks out of Ben? I think he's okay playing the four because he knew Shake wasn't going to actually be bringing up the ball that much. You think so? If, if Chris mm-hmm. is, if Chris Paul is on the team, he's. he's you you like don't think he's like turning over? Like, I need Ben over the next year to really buy in. Like him, just not like deciding to stop shooting threes for a whole year and then just take it in the scrimmages. Like fuck that, man. Like, and you you could hear it when Embiid talks. Like Embiid like sacrifices. Or Simmons, I need to see Ben do it for Embiid, or the team. And Embiid lets Embiid lets everybody know about it too. Or the team. Yeah, sometimes alarming. it makes me feel yeah, a little like, weird. They keep it's saying like he's jabbing at Ben without jabbing at him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 want to win a championship, right? Then I mean, I think Ben needs to start buying in that maybe he's better at the power forward for this team, and we need a uh, someone like Chris Paul. I would hope yeah. so. At least if you're a Sixers fan, that's what you're hoping for. I yeah. do it. We literally like we're so fortunate that we fucking had Mark the Markel Markel Fultz as our first overall pick that blew up, and we made all these bad trades, and we still can see our way into a promising like rostered team. I think that's how like Spike maybe concluded his article. We you just laid out the trades that aren't even unrealistic; they're very very fathom whatever realistic. Uh, we could f- – Brett's gone. We know that. Ellen, I'm not convinced we'll be gone, but that would be great. No. We could fucking fix this. We could right the ship, and next year we could go in again expecting greatness and may- who maybe what's, once it'll who come knows to fruition. What, who knows what Stan Van Gundy does with that roster? <laughs> and, yes, we're in, we're in grave danger, but we're not dead yet. We're not I'm dead not yet. as hopeless about the future as I used to be. You know, mm-hmm. trust the process. We still have Joe right. Ellen. You saw Joel and Ben. So, I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think that covers it for the Sixers today. 
uh, what do you guys say? We maybe move on to what's for dinner. We actually, we actually have a, a, a mailbag question from a friend of the pod, Aaron Chan, whose uh, birthday is today. So happy birthday, Chan. Wow. And uh, congratulations birthday, birthday, buddy. because yesterday he got engaged. Wow. Hey, welcome to welcome to hell, buddy. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> so, congrats, congratulations, uh, Aaron and Nikki. And uh, his question, which is related, is uh, so after a devastating Sixers loss, what is the best comfort meal? Yeah, that's tough. I usually, I, I, I usually so, save it for the next day and just gorge on some pizza because I mean, in normal times, the Sixers are blowing a game by 10 o'clock. I, I'm not getting too much dirty delivered that late, but I'll hold off the anger until 7 the next day and get like a pie pizza and a cheesesteak or something as an appetizer. <clears throat> that was going to be my answer. I was going to say, I think a combination of a cheesesteak and pizza from, I don't know, any fucking pizza shop, I'd yeah. be down for it. That, that will make me feel better. And I'll probably yeah. have that Monday after they lose game one. Hell yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think, Gene? Yeah, pizza too, man. Full cheese yeah. on it too. Extra lactose for Gene. <laughs> Love that shit, Yeah, yep. <laughs> Extra dairy. Cleanse. Yes. Trying to cleanse here. <laughs> what about you, Dave? Yeah, I think uh, like definitely pizza cheesesteak. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. You're going to – you fucking depress eat that spread. You're going to feel – you're going to feel terrible about yourself in no time. It's great. Perfect. Just um, what you want. Or, or if we're going to go dirty China. On uh, Peking Restaurant China. 561, I'll give you the I'll give you the Grand Slam lineup. You ready? Go ahead. This is the Eat ultimate um, Americanized Chinese lineup. Some an order of Gen Sao, mm. an order of sweet and sour chicken, right? Those like puffy chicken pillows with a little you dip it in the orange Ooh. sauce, the orange sugar sauce, and then boneless sparrows with big thing of white rice, steamed dumplings, and crab rangoon with duck sauce. You want to? You're depressed about basketball. You put that order through. You're you'll be you'll be asleep before you finish. You'll be itis. You'll pass out on the couch with the fucking get all about the it. container in your hand. Yeah, you'll be depressed about other things after that. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. It'll get you through. It'll get you through. Perfect. Uh, I think you know what I think tonight. Um, you know my kitchen is gutted because we're doing renovations. So I'm getting takeout for the next I don't know three weeks or whatever. Wow. So uh, I think about I might try a Poe's sandwich joint. I think I have some mm. Poe's sandwiches on there. Dude, tell me all about it. I've been I've been I've never had, but I, I follow them on Instagram and I'm that looks looks fan. fantastic. Some chicken cutlet, some hot sauce, ranch, pickles, Ooh. some sharp provolone Ooh. or whatever. The pictures oh look fantastic, God. so I think I'm gonna try that. I'll let you guys know how it is. Yeah, send us a yeah. pic before you dive in. <laughs> Anyone else got anything exciting for dinner? Nah, I got I haven't decided yet, but I'll No no dirty? Oh, it'll be dirty. I'm coming <laughs> off a bad weekend. I might as well just fi- finish it off strong and start good yeah. next week. Sunday. Got to lean into it. Mm-hmm. June, what do you got? Yeah, I'm still thinking what to eat. Should I make food or should I get delivery? We'll see. Delivery. Uh, yeah. Delivery, easy. <laughs> How about you, Iron Chef, Dave? Uh, I'm, I'm going big tonight. I got the walkout, June. Oh. I got the walkout. I, got, I made um, – on Friday, I made – I marinated – some Chinese barbecue roast pork for 24 hours. And then I roasted in the oven low and slow for two hours yesterday. And I got a big container of it. So I'm going to dice that up and I got some shrimp. I'm going to make some shrimp and pork fried rice in the wok. I'm gonna, oh, beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be walking and rolling over here. Walking and rolling. <laughs> Love it. Iron That's show. so corny. Cut that Hell yeah. 
Let's go. All right. Well, <laughs> with that being said, all I have to say is uh, trust the process. How about you guys? That's can all, we can we, we can plug a uh, friend of the pod, first name Dane, new song out, Surf Part 2. If you like the Surf. first part, Part 2 is even better. Check it out. He's on Spotify and every other platform that I don't know the names of. It's like Embiid after the windmill. We're surfing. surfing. <laughs> We're surfing. That's first what he was. He wasn't flying. He was surfing. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. That's it. All right, Beautiful. good stuff, fellas. All right, Great guys. Stuff. We will. We'll. T- we'll. Well, we're gonna talk. We got game one tomorrow. So, sure there you go, do. guys. Pleasure. Peace Always out. pleasure. See you guys. Always, guys. See you guys.